Hey, it's me, your Uncle Cooper. Sorry to interrupt your music. I do love music, especially when it's set at a reasonable volume. You know, music is really only as good as your speakers. The same is true for minivans. A minivan is only as good as the tires it sits on. And the button on the screen there, it agrees with me. If you click on it, it'll bring you to all the Cooper minivan tires that'll make your minivan a really good minivan. Go with the Coopers! Cooper! How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Mike L, and as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. Woo! And we got a very special guest this week, don't we? Well, he's not that special. It's Bob oh. Myers. It's Ooh, our own buddy, okay. Bob Myers. Oh, well, I'm a little hurt. I thought I was very <laughs> special. Now, Bob, not. you've been on a lot, but uh, I don't think you've been on since... I think Christmas was the last time you were on. I seem to yeah. recall you doing one of them Christmas books with us. Yeah, I think I was doing a fun book, and then you guys yeah. roped me into a terrible book, <laughs> and then I just boycotted for months. Yeah, because you know that uh, that uh, that character there, that Kevin Jank, he's always uh, eating up all the shows. You know, he comes on, he does months at a time. That well, Kevin Jank, he's, he's, he's so, got a bit of a you know celebrity complex. Yeah, but it's nice to have shows. you back, Bob. <laughs> so wait, just for the record, the last time you were on was the best of DC number twenty two. Oh. All right, I, but that yeah, but that was it, Christmas, right? It was, I think yeah. that was a, something Christmas. or other. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it was a Christmas story, and then before that, it was Alf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, but anyway, Bob, uh, thanks for coming back on. Now, unlike Mike L, when I invite someone on the show, I let them choose the book. You Ooh, know, Mike L always makes them do Batman shade. or Superman. I allowed you to like. I said, hey, hey, Bob, what would you like to do? And you, you had one great suggestion. And, and what did you uh, want to do there, Bob? I chose my one of my least favorite comic book characters, The Thing. <laughs> Why? Perfect. Yeah, today we'll be doing The Thing, issue 28 from 1985. This is when The Thing had his own series. It spanned from 1983 to 1986, last 36 issues. And this was a w- weird time in the uh, history of The Thing because uh, this is right after Secret Wars 2. So from issues like Thing 12 through like issue 22, he's actually still on Battleworld after the, uh, you know. Really? The, yeah. So he was still having adventures on Battleworld as Ben Grimm slash the thing because he could change back and forth. Okay. So that's weird. Right? Yeah. But uh, Bob, you say you don't even like the thing. So why did you want to choose the thing? <laughs> <laughs> because without getting into too much spoiler here. The thing is going to join a pro wrestling federation, and that yeah. sounded very exciting. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. I just uh, got it, quite a look from my girlfriend for that. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> look at you. Entertaining the ladies as you do a podcast. Uh, but yes, the thing joins... Uh, what's the name of this uh, wrestling federation here? The Unlimited Class, class wrestling, wrestling Federation. Yes. The UCWF. Just rolls right. off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue, yep. 
Now, Bob, uh, have you always been aware that the thing was a professional wrestler, or is this something you recently learned? I think I learned it somewhat recently. Probably I learned it on this show. I don't know where else I would have heard it from. But yeah. Michael, I think we've uh, touched on this topic briefly when you picked that Fantastic Four issue with Ms. Marvel in it. Yes. Because Sharon Ventura, that Ms. Marvel, she was one of these, uh, she was involved with the thing. And I think she would later become part of this wrestling federation as well. Yes. Yes, she did. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's when we did talk about it. Yeah, because I was looking for, you know, a cool WCW, NWA type book to read, but none of those came out in the 80s. So, yeah, (laughs) this is the fallback. Although the artist here uh, is Ron Wilson, and he drew 33 of the the first 33 of the 36 thing issues. He also drew the WCW comic book in the 1990s. Wow. Uh-huh. So, I, I'm assuming he put this on his resume then to get that job, right? <laughs> well, he, he was a big wrestling fan, and he really enjoyed doing the WCW book, if I recall Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, professional. Michael, have you ever encountered professional wrestling in another comic book? That you can remember? Uh, ooh, um, that's a good question. I know Howard the Duck had an issue with, uh, he was wrestling somebody. I mean, technically Spider-Man, in his first oh. appearance, re- wrestled Crusher yeah. Hogan. That's right. Or, yeah. or uh, Macho Man was Bonesaw, right? Bonesaw. Right, Bonesaw McGraw, yep. Yeah, Bonesaw <laughs> McGraw. All right, so Bob, uh, you are a big wrestling fan, correct? Um. Up and down, but yeah, I certainly 80s and 90s pro wrestling. Yeah, this came out in 85, so this is kind of right at the peak of Hulkamania, right when WrestleMania won, I think. Wasn't that 85? That was 85, yep. Yeah, so, man, here we go, right at the peak of uh, rock Mm -hmm. and wrestling. Yeah. Cindy (laughs) Lauper and Mr. T and Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper. Roddy Roddy Piper, yeah. So and none uh, of that great stuff is in this book. <laughs> no, 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 no. We do have some great stuff in this book, though. <laughs> Michael, you've never read any of the Thing uh, series before? Oh, actually, yeah, I've read a couple issues because uh, I believe Spider-Man made some guest appearances, so they would have appeared on our Spider-Cast. Now, I, I hear tell that John Byrne started the series. He was the yeah. writer at first. I actually thought he wrote every issue. I was surprised that this was yeah. uh, Mike Carlin. Yeah, this is Mike Carlin. He came on and he did like uh, maybe 18 of the issues towards mm-hmm. the end there and uh yeah like you said ron wilson did watch when, when did we encounter mike carlin because i know we've done him before i, I didn't do any research on these fellas because we've uh, talked about ron wilson many times on the oh, show darn let me just check my uh, database here and I, I, bo- I know he wrote some dazzler some peter oh, porter look, he wrote masters of the universe number three from star <laughs> comics look at that <laughs> wow As- Oh, the more I try to get away from uh, Masters of the Universe, it keeps coming back. Yep. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mike Carlin. Um, And uh, what else? I think he may have done some Star Trek stuff for DC as well. Yes, he did. Yep. And he also famously was the editor for Superman at age 28. And he's the one that spearheaded the whole Death of Superman era. Which That whole era, I personally thought it was really mediocre. And I like to bring this up every time his name is mentioned. He also blocked Grant Morrison and Mark Wade from ever writing Superman, ever. Well, that's pretty harsh. Why did, yeah. why did he do that? He's an asshole. <laughs> so I also take it he blocked you on Facebook? Oh, no, I blocked him. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Bob, do you have a favorite old school wrestler? Ooh, that's tough. 
Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, when I was a little kid, because yeah, I would have been about you know five or six at the time, I loved Leaping Lanny Poffo slash The Genius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Leaping Lanny, yeah. <laughs> Which is not, you know, who should have been the favorite, but as a kid, I loved him. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts, as I got older, is definitely oh, yeah. one of my favorites from that era. And of course, Leaping Lanny's Macho Man's younger brother. Yes. yes. Completely different, eh? Yeah. Lanny Poffo. But uh, yeah, Jake was something back then. Um, Mike L., uh, did you have a favorite then? Funny enough, my favorite uh, from that era was the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Honky Tonk mm. Man. Yeah. He's the tops. Yeah, he but was I great. Lo- yeah, I liked, you know, all yeah. those guys Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, I lo- you know, that whole group. I love them all. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Bob, you also mentioned the, uh, the, you, the thing was your least favorite of the Fantastic Four. Do you have a ranking? I mean, not of the Fantastic Four. Honestly, of like, I don't know how to put this, like major comic book characters. The thing might be my least favorite. I've never heard anyone say they hate that. How can you hate the thing? He's a nice fellow. It's not that I hate the thing. It's just, I just dislike the character. What about him? You know, know, just the, the... gruff tough guy with the heart of gold it's just i don't know it's real cliche <laughs> and just something about the way he talks and just like every time he shows up i'm like i just don't want the thing around <laughs> oh he's, man he's never entertains me. i know it's a very i'm very out on an island with this opinion yeah. I, I think i'm probably the only person who doesn't like the thing but it's just, yeah the thing's you know. great uh yeah. mike yeah, he was basically the uh, comic book version of jack kirby right yeah i love the thing absolutely yeah. Yeah, he's all, all rock and stuff. Yeah, and he's funny. I mean, I like his personality, <laughs> especially when he's written by Stan Lee and right and Jack Kirby. Yeah, off a of Clancy Street. Yeah, right? no Yancey yeah. Street. Yancey Street. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, all right, so uh, let's look at this book here, Mike Gale. Sure. The thing becomes a professional wrestler. So right on. Oh, we should mention a couple other people in this book, though. Michael, you love Vance Astrovic, right? Oh yes, he's mentioned, but he's not in it, right? Yeah, he's in it. Like Where? extensively, what? Which one's Vance Astro? <laughs> He's the young fella following oh, around. I didn't know that was Vance Astro. Did, did you read this comic, Mike? <laughs> no, no, I did read it. But when does he call him Vance? Uh, yeah, he calls him a couple. Th- he calls him like Astrovic or whatever, right? Really? What? The yeah. They, hell? All right. Explain who Vance Astrovic is for the kids, Michael. So okay, he has a complicated history, but basically, he was introduced in the 30th century, I think. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, as a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And his deal was that he was, I believe, the first man to travel through space. But he was in suspended animation. And when he arrived at his destination, he discovered that mankind had already, you know, like surpassed the technology he used. And so they'd already had, like, interstellar travel. So it was kind of a waste. Yeah. And he ended up being stuck in the... um, like the suit, whatever it's called, the uh, the space suit that he was in, uh, his deal was that if he removed the suit, he would age a thousand years. So he had to keep the suit on. And so he became Vance Astro in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then in one story, he went back in time and he met a young boy who he, I don't know, if, I don't know how he learned it, but he figured out that, or someone else figured out that this was the kid. This was Vance Astro as a kid. And that kid ended up growing up to become Marvel Boy. In uh, like current day Marvel continuity with almost the same costume, and then later they changed his name to Justice, which was unfortunate. But yeah, Vance Astro—that's Vance Astro. So yeah, that kid is the guy in this book. 
The younger yeah. version of Vance Astro. See, I heard him mention Vance Astro, but then I, I don't I don't remember him ever calling him Vance or <laughs> well, Astrovec or anything. I don't know. Bob and I were able to pick up on it. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What in tarnation here? Oh, whatever. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, we should mention right at the top here, Bob, uh, the thing is in a motorcycle stunt group called the Thunder Riders. Now, Bob, I think in the late 70s, you were also in a motorcycle group, right? I was, yeah. We were. We didn't have cool matching outfits, though. We were a very ragtag motorcycle stunt group. Now, do you know the history of the Thunder Riders? I kind of do. Not a Ooh, lot. Oh, wow. Like, that I, is I, shocking to me. I, didn't I don't know knew. how. Because I've never read any of the books about them. I don't know how it's seeped into my um, consciousness, I guess. Yeah, but I do well, know somewhat of the Thunder Riders. Like, this is not the first time I've come across the Thunder Riders. Oh, well, please uh, enlighten us with the history of the Thunder Riders. I mean, I don't have the history. You'll be able to fill right. in more. But I do know that they're a group that came together, and there was a Black Rider who was, or something like that, who was their nemesis, and then turns out was the woman that was on their team or something weird. This is what I know of them. You can fill in more. But I know, like, the basic concept of them. And they're, yeah. a, they're based on a toy, right? Or That's the big thing here. Mike, oh, you never heard of them as a Team America? Yeah. See, I've heard of Team America, but they're not they're not the same. They're different characters, right? No, they're the same. See, what? I had no I had no idea of any of this until like 10 minutes before the show and I started ah, researching. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, there was a toy line called Team America and uh, Marvel, of course, Jim Shooter, you know, he liked them toy tie-ins. So uh, they did a book called Team America that lasted like 12 issues. And it was about this motorcycle group who were actually like uh, mutants. They had mutant abilities like a little bit. Like uh, they had some sort of a psychic connection to each other and that made them really effective as a motorcycle stunt group. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But uh, these toys were supposed to replace like, I guess, Evil Knievel. uh, Right. I did read about that. Yes. So they said, oh, we'll do Team America. So Marvel had to come up with this book for him, and they also got shoehorned into some Captain America storylines, I think, back in the day. And uh, But then after that series ended, they popped up here in the thing, and then that's pretty much it. Like, this issue that I could find was, like, their last appearance. So, wow. Well, this is it. Yeah. Oh, and I got to point out, as far as, because I just read an article about Evil Knievel, I believe what happened was he was arrested for something, right? Yeah, like I think domestic violence. Right, and then I think they just literally took the evil Knievel toys and painted them all different colors and pretended they were different people, and that's how they created the team. Right, so anyway. Yeah, so that's who we're dealing with here when we encounter the Thunder Riders. And, of course, their names are Wolf, R, period, U, period, Ready. Are you ready? Ranch, Cowboy, and Georgiana. So Awesome. Yeah, what a group. All right, I think those are all the big characters uh, we needed to... Dis- oh, oh, there's actually one other one, but we'll talk about him later when we get there. But uh, All okay. right, Mike, uh, let's look at the cover thing, uh, issue 28. Yes, yeah, so uh, this cover is interesting. So uh, we've got the Thing logo, which I'm a big fan of, right? We've got the, the awesome corner box of the Thing running at us. And then we have a, not even a half face, but like a quarter face of the thing on the right looking at the reader and he's standing in front of a poster for the unlimited class wrestling presents the ever loving thing versus demolition dunphy 
And then there's a Dumpy. little thing that says tonight. Oh, did we talk about who Demolition Dumpy ends up becoming later well, on? Well, that's what I was going to get to later. Uh, we mentioned. Ah, gotcha. But, okay, uh, okay. Let, let's check that. with Bob. Bob, do you know who that Demolition Dumpy res- that wrestler guy becomes? No, I have comments on the strength of some of these wrestlers, so it <laughs> does not surprise me that he is not just a normal man. Well, he becomes Demolition Man. Do you remember him? Sylvester Stallone character? No, 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 no. Uh, he was uh, he was in a lot of Captain America books. He had a costume that was a combination of Wolverine and Daredevil's yellow costume. Yeah, of. remember Daredevil's and, original red and yellow? Yeah, and then yeah. It just added Wolverine's mask to it, and that's pretty much it. Nice. And, and he had a giant red D on his chest, and he was just strong and like tough, right? That's all he was. Mm-hmm. Does he have anything to do with the Wrecking Crew, or is he completely separate no, from them? Completely no, separate. They're like, let's also have a Demolition Man, but not include him. But I, in the Wrecking like crew. at the same time, they were doing all that John Walker stuff with Captain America. Demolition Man was around in that time. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's yeah, I don't think, Nomad. Oh my God, literally, it's Daredevil's yellow costume. Yeah, with Wolverine's. With Wolverine's mask. This is awful. (laughs) No, I've never heard of this character. Hmm. Yeah, so that's who this uh, wrestler that the thing faces in this issue. He becomes Demolition Man. So that's weird. But uh, yeah, so Michael, this cover, we it has a fight poster of the thing on a wall, and then, like you mentioned, a little bit of the thing's face in the foreground, looking at the reader. Right. Uh, uh, How do you feel about that, Michael? Well, here's the thing. I create thumbnails every week for the episodes of the show this was one of the hardest <laughs> thumbnails to make because the thing himself on the poster is like dark gray so you yeah. i mean it's not really a good image like i don't understand i mean i guess the idea is it's supposed to be a black and white photo but why couldn't they just make him orange right yeah you think i guess they're trying to give it that cd feel like it's a back alley you know and uh... well okay if you think about it though remove the 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 actual thing in the foreground and just yeah. make the poster the the actual thing fighting d-man or demolition man and that's the poster why not right yeah well yeah i i guess fight posters they don't usually show you fighting they show you just standing there so uh, okay okay but, um yeah yeah i don't know bob how do you feel about this I think it's fine. I mean, as far as the poster goes, Demolition Dunphy, he's not the draw here. The thing is the draw. Demolition Dunphy is just the the guy he's beaten up. Yeah, he never drew a dime. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. in those seats. You know? <laughs> also, Michael, you mentioned the corner box of the thing running towards the viewer there, and he's already wearing like a wrestling singlet. Good with point. Wrestling Good point. And he started wearing that many issues ago. Like, he was wearing that on Battleworld when I looked back. That's kind of odd. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's just prepared. I guess. So it was destined that he would uh, one day join professional wrestling. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I like the cover. It's a little weird, though, with the uh, face in the foreground. uh, But I like the idea of the fight poster. Yeah, Yeah, I like the idea idea. of it. I think it works. Just right, I dark. like the splash page way more, which we'll get to in a minute. Exactly. Yeah, Bo- that- Bob, we turn to the page here and uh, describe what we see. Uh, the, the title of the book is In This Corner. And then what's you got the, the thing the in his sweet Evil Knievel slash Team America jumpsuit riding a motorcycle with sidecars on each side. That is <laughs> and the si- sweet. And the sidecars have giant stars on the fronts of them. And, uh, yeah, his Team America outfit, it's red, white, and blue. Kind of evil Knievel-ish. And, uh, yeah, Mike L., what do you think? This is. You turn the page and you see this, you're like, holy hell, I'm in. 
Well, I ended up using, I, I combined the cover with this image to make the oh. thumbnail because this is so much more striking, you know? It's definitely striking. Yes. Because as soon as you see it, like, what the hell is happening here? Right, the thing, right. riding a motorcycle in fancy jumpsuits. What the hell? I don't, I don't get yep. it. Yep, uh, yep. So, all right, Mike, I'll take us away oh, into the story. One little detail I just noticed. Did you notice the credits? How it says Stanley presents, and then it lists everybody. You look at Jim Shooter's credit. <laughs> Six foot seven. Yeah, little gag he, in there. He's uh, he's a tall man. He's really tall. Yep. Oh, so that's his shoot height. That's his actual Six, height. Seven? Yeah, I've seen him before. He's super tall. Yeah, I met him when I was a little kid, but he was sitting down, ah. so I didn't realize how big he was. Yeah, he's oh. really tall. I had no idea. Yep. Look at that. We've all met Gem Shooter. That's exciting. Yeah. Really? Oh, you met Gem Shooter, Bob? Where? Uh, the Comic Con here in Kansas City. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've got cool. something autographed by him. I don't even remember what. I actually I, uh, recorded the his little like speech or whatever, but it was in the back of the room, so the audio was terrible. <laughs> but anyway, I, I I told this before, but I got a picture that I drew of Wolverine, and he signed it. And he said, "Nice work, Shooter." He said, nice. "Oh, cool." <laughs> Yeah, I was 11 years old. It's pretty great. So I was an old, old man. <laughs> this was like four years ago. Right. <laughs> All right. So when the so, book yeah. opens, the thing is on his practice course with the uh, his other uh, Thunder Riders, and they're all right. their little get-ups. None of them are wearing helmets, though. Although one of them is wearing a cowboy hat. That is cowboy. I'm sure that's protection enough. Yeah. And uh, they're about to practice a big stunt, Michael. Right. And the thing, as usual, is, you know, what's that called when you... Uh, I guess he's having angst, right? Yeah. He's uh, The thing is always doubting himself. And as they're practicing, he's kind of thinking to himself, you know, about what's going on in his life. And here it's, you know, what have I gotten myself into? I'm literally supporting a whole team of stunt riders. And all I want, all I wanted was to be near some dame, Sharon. Yeah, that's Sharon Ventura, who, uh, of course, would be Miss Marvel. The reason why Thing joined the, the Thunder Riders is because Sharon was a part of the team. So he said, oh, I'll join that team so I can be close to Sharon. But then as soon as he signed up, they said, oh, Thing, the reason uh, we're looking for someone new is because Sharon just quit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened to me so many times. So he's anyway. Like, so he's like, damn, now I'm stuck doing this stupid motorcycle thing. Yep. Uh, also, Mike Gale, you know way more about Fantastic Four than me. But when I was reading this, uh, they said after Thing came back from Battle World, he learned that uh, Reed Richards told him, hey, Thing, by the way, uh, you could just change back and forth between the Thing and Ben Grimm anytime you wanted. You didn't have to stay on Battle World to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I believe I remember reading that. I think Reed Richards figured out that it was more psychological, and that's why he remained as the Thing. I but, think. Because it, what I read, it made it sound like Reed knew that all along, and he just didn't tell him. Like, he, yeah, I, I could use a break from Ben Grimm. Stay on Rattle World for a bit, Ben. <laughs> uh... See, I don't remember that detail. I don't know. <laughs> well, but, the yeah, Fantastic Four doesn't work nearly as well without their big tough. He can't be letting Ben Grimm turn back into a human and just wander off. Right. That is true, yeah. And plus, he got She-Hulk on the team, and she was pretty foxy. So, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, once he replaced it with She-Hulk, he's like, okay, now you can be human. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the thing, uh, like, why did he, when he came back, Michael, do you remember the circumstances? Like, did he try to get back with the Fantastic Four? And they said, hey, you know, your position's No, failed, uh, I think he came back and stayed away for like a year or two, and then he ended up joining again. I'm not sure exactly how it happened. Okay. All right. he, ended up, he ended up living with like the Mole Man for like an issue or something. 
<laughs> that yeah. seems like a horrible decision. Why would you go live with a mole man? <laughs> ah, who knows, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, fast forward so, like a year and a half, and that's where yeah. I'll be too, by the way. So, so anyway, so yeah, they're doing the stunt. It's basically like everyone, like, is that a, oh, that's a woman. I didn't realize. Yeah, so a lady on top. Yeah, I think so that's Georgiana. So she's standing on two of the sh- of the shoulders of two of the guys, and they're kneeling on the thing's shoulder as well as the the shoulders of these two other guys. And, yeah, well, and, what I liked about this, Mike, was the thing's riding this motorcycle with the two sidecars, you know, on either side, uh, hence the name sidecars. And uh, these other Thunder Riders, they're just riding their motorcycles next to them, and they leap off their motorcycles right. o- onto the other motorcycle. So they just let their bikes crash. Really right. <laughs> It's like, I don't need that fucking bike anymore. Bang. Right. <laughs> like, it's not how you take care of your equipment, you know, if you're a stunt rider. Hey. Right. Um, and it's also funny because the thing um, catches himself as he's thinking. He's like, holy Hannah, while I was daydreaming away, I could have blown this whole rehearsal to smithereens. And then, of course, we get Thunder Riders disperse. Yeah, and then I popped everyone... when I read that. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a flea market everyone... fantasy reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Everyone jumps off, and then, okay, I admit it. Yeah, right there, Vance Astro walks up, and they do call him Vance. (laughs) I just didn't notice that, okay? (laughs) So, yes, this is Vance Astro. You're correct. Yeah. So, they chatted up, and uh, they're like, okay, we're going to go hit the showers. And they start, and then Vance Astro's talking to Ben Grimm, and he kind of lets in that he's like, you know, he's already having doubts, right? He's, uh, you know, I just can't concentrate. And that kind of problem can only to dis- only lead to disaster, kid. And look at that thing in that panel, Michael. That's a Jack Kirby thing, right? That looks like uh, a Jack that Kirby. That face? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. It's a good yeah. face. Um, yeah, like he makes him look ugly. He doesn't make him look pretty, right? Correct. Right. So Vance Astro is convincing him, you know, to stay with the Thunder Riders and the thing has his doubts. By the way, Michael, I I forgot to mention that when they were doing that pose, the big stunt trick, you know, the big, there's a big splash page and I'm standing like that. Do you see that dialogue uh, bubble there? Uh, Top right. (laughs) Okay. I should clobber that oh. Vance Astrovic oh, yeah. for talking me into this cockamamie. Yeah, I know. No, I noticed it. That's why I said they mentioned him, but they never show him. Because <laughs> oh, I well. didn't know who the hell he was talking about. I'm like, where's the, when's Vince Astro going to show up? I was waiting right. for the guy in the suit, you know? Oh, all right. I see. Yeah, all yeah. Right. So there you go. You can forgive me. So then, uh, so then, yeah, so Vance Astro's trying to convince him to stay with the team. And the thing's like, oh, man, I'm a born scrapper. That's all I can do. I'm not a stunt man. So then, he, so then the thing goes into the locker room and he's looking at the poster and he's like having all these doubts. So they've already printed up the poster that he's gonna um, he's gonna be in the Thunder Riders, and he's like, oh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Uh, how am I gonna get out of this without them thinking thinking me a first rate creep? And then uh, what's this guy? This is Cowboy, right? He walks up. Yeah. Of course, he's in his towel, and they're all chatting. And, and yeah, because apparently the Thunder Riders not only do they uh, perform together, they also shower together. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like any good motorcycle. Bob, did you uh, shower together with your motorcycle team? I mean, showers were a luxury, so okay. we okay. <laughs> we we would you know we would take turns with our big metal tub. Ooh. That, that sat in the back of the truck. Sponge on a stick. <laughs> exactly, yeah. rags on sticks. nice hobo shower so anyway so the thing is just about to start explaining to cowboy you know his 
that he's having doubts, but then Cowboy cuts him off, and he's like, stop right there, Podner, Podner. I think I know what you're trying to tell me. You want to quit the Thunder Riders, don't you? Right? And then they all walk in in their towels. Yes. And then, and then the, basically, now, do you think the like, female also showered with them as well? Georgiana? I hope so. I think she was, yeah, that'd be a wild scene. He doesn't show up in any of the art, but, yeah. you know, you never know. Exactly. So then they're like, no, you know what? We know that you don't want to be a part of the team. And in fact, the one guy says, you're, you're leaving is not a good thing, Ben. I was just starting to like you, gringo, right? <laughs> and, then the, and then the other guy just tears up the poster. He's like, understand? Does this answer your question, Podner? What kind of accent is that? Is that like a southern accent? Podna? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they spell it weird. It's like P-O-D-N-E-R. So it almost looks like Pooner. You yeah, know, I would I would have spelled it P A W Podna, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, but yeah, so they just rip up the the poster and they say, "Hey, don't worry about a thing. We understand. You're a cool guy. Right. No hard feelings." And uh, the thing's about to walk away, and the one guy says, "Hey, what about that motorcycle I built specifically for you?" Thing. Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> shit! Um, I'll buy it off you, long as you know I can pay like ten dollars a month. Is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like. So the thing buys this motorcycle. But what I wanted to talk about with the Thunder Riders, though, is, uh, Bob, when this happened, I had when I first read this, I had no concept of the Thunder Riders. So I'm like, ooh, they're setting something up here where these stunt guys, they're acting like they're cool with the thing leaving the group, but actually they're going to come back and get revenge on them. They're probably a right. bunch of creeps. And this is just setting up a little thread here that they're going to chase down the road. That's not what happens at all. This is just the final appearance of the Thunder Riders. Ever. Because, <laughs> like, the way, the way it's drawn, Cowboy looks like he's super angry at him. Like, it's written like, <laughs> oh, it's okay, we understand. But, like, he looks like he's devious and angry. Yes. Right. Like, it, it doesn't, when you're reading it, you're not clear what emotion he's supposed to be conveying to you. So, yeah, yeah if you didn't know any better, you'd be like, yeah, these guys are definitely going to... Come back and cause a lot of problems for the thing. Nope. But but no. Nope. Never see him again. <laughs> Never to be seen again. But right. the thing does have this real wizard motorcycle out of it. So, that's <laughs> so the thing uh, and Vince, Vance Astrovic, Michael, they go uh, driving along and they, they get a room at the Holiday Inn. Now look at that sign for the Holiday Inn. It says, hey, Holiday Inn, no vacancy. Visit our Zanzibar and Grill. And then right beneath that, Vacancy. Vacancy. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mixed messages there from that sign. Uh-huh. You know? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, this, so they share a little uh, motel room there. And uh, there, uh, Vance Astro is sitting on the bottom of the bed there and he's watching TV. Do you, can you tell what he's watching on TV there, Michael? No, I can't. What is it? That's Ed Grimley. Oh, give me a break. Like, if this isn't the saddest thing, I must say. But on the other hand, something decent could come from this. And then if you look real carefully, you can see the haircut with the little spike coming out of the head. Oh, so played by Martin Short. Yeah, yeah, Ed Grimley, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I like Martin Short, but I've never heard of this character. You, oh, you never heard of Ed Grimley? What? Nope. He's a very famous Saturday Night Live character. Really? And then he also became a, he had his own animated show for a while, right? Wow. Well, yeah. I don't remember the animated show, but I believe you. I, yeah, like I it, remember it was, it was like Saturday a morning cartoon deal on uh, wow. NBC. Had, uh, yeah. Oh, look at this. It was called The Completely Mental Misadventures yes. of Ed Grimley. You could never use that uh, term nowadays, right? <laughs> Mental Misadventures. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, the thing doesn't like watching Ed Grimley, so he says, Hey, Vance, why don't you put something good on the TV? Right. Like pro wrestling. Yes. 
So then they see this promoter, uh, what's his name, Ed Garner. He comes on and he's promoting his wrestling, his unlimited class wrestling foundation. Oh, foundation. I thought it was Federation. Yeah. I guess it's Foundation. It certainly should be Federation. Yeah. And then he, uh, so then he's like, that's right, I'm talking to the wrestling stars of the future. I'm talking to you. And we see the finger pointing right at the scr- at the viewer. And then the thing's like, me? Yeah, me. And then Vance Astro's like, yeah, Ben, wrestling, it's perfect for you. And so now Vance Astro is convincing him that he should join this league. And then they hop into bed together. <laughs> well, separate beds. You know, it's funny, though, because it's drawn in a way. It's hard to tell. Yeah, Yeah. it's confusing because it's weird because Ben gets in the other side and it almost looks like there's room for Vance Astro there, right? Yeah, the way I read this was, okay, they're struggling. He can't afford his motorcycle. They're sharing a bed at the Holiday Inn. (laughs) They're going to make sweet, sweet love in the Holiday Inn bed. Yeah. Uh, But uh, the other thing I noticed is the thing has, I think they say later on in this issue that the thing weighs 500 pounds. Yeah, but that so, seems yeah. like way too light, right? For a guy made out of rocks. Yeah. No? Yeah. I guess the question is, is, is his body solid rock or is it oh, that's a good point. Yeah. covered in rock? That's I always never... used to think it was solid rock, but remember we encountered this before on the show, Mike. I remember Wolverine slashed his face and like there was a, you could see beneath, it was like just a rock coating and yeah, underneath yeah, there was like I think like you're right. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, yeah see, I, for, I forgot about that. Thank yeah. You. So who knows, right? Yeah, I guess so. But so anyway. I was going to say, like, he would just crush that cheap Holiday in bed, you know, sitting in that. True. I thought it would just collapse. But no, there's enough uh, strength there for Thing and Vance Asterix to make sweet, sweet love. So, right, yeah. right. Um, so anyway, so then we cut over to Las Vegas, and we see that a whole bunch of potential, potential wrestlers are lined up to audition for the U... CWF. And by the way, I looked on Marvel Fandom just a second ago, and they do have it as Federation, not Foundation. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I always thought it was Federation. So I'd like so, to point out that there are one, two, three, four, five, six gold belts in this room. Yeah, a lot of I champions. noticed that too. Yeah, that's they just weird. bring in all the champions from all the different <laughs> federate or from all, all the, the regional titles. All the yeah, regional all titles. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's here. They got them all. So, yeah, so uh, the thing is like, oh, you know, um, thanks for the opportunity for letting me, you know, audition. And then Ed Garner is like, oh, cool. And then he whispers over to his, to, uh, who is it? No, it's Advance. Who's he whispering to? No, that's his, his stooge. His, his right stooge. He's like, he's like, I'd like to wish you the best of luck to the test. See you later. And then he's like, the UCWF's going to get that guy and keep him. He's worth a mint to us. Right. So then we cut to the next scene, and it's this huge auditorium filled with all these people watching. And we have these – it's its its basically like gigantic um, – like what do you call that? Like weights. Like uh, not dumbbell weights, but they look like dumbbell weights. Plates. like Plates, no, yeah. Yeah. And so – and, and and we have three of them suspended on this kind of like thing. I don't know what you'd call it, but they're like <laughs> suspended in the air on this – no, I shouldn't use the word thing, but you know what I mean, contraption. <laughs> And so, you know, uh, Ed Garner um, announces to the crowd what's going on. And then uh, and then we see – so then we, we start and, with – By the, the way, f- the crowd are – they're all hopefuls. They all want to join the UCWF. Ah, okay. They all are. Okay. Yeah. So then the first guy who Except goes for up – the one guy who's like – he tells him, hey, if you don't think you're cut out for this, leave. And so one guy stands up and walks away. Right. Yeah. One guy's like, yeah, I can't do this. I don't know why I'm here. I'm not yeah, even going to do the first test. Uh-huh. And, and the crowd's like murmuring, like, hey, look at that guy. Yeah, you big pansy. Right. Home to mommy. And yeah. then the thing's like, hey, he's probably the smartest guy here. 
Right. Maybe I should go too, you know? But, uh, <laughs> so then the first guy that goes up is named, what's his name? Um, I don't even know if they, oh yeah, they do say it. Um, Cootie Wise. <laughs> Cootie <laughs> What a weird name, Cootie Wise. So he um, he lifts up the, the three plates, the first uh, three plates. Yeah, like the guys get beneath the plates and like lift them off of a stand above their right. head, pressing right. them. Yeah, right. almost like, like a military press. So I'd like to point out here. Yeah. This is where this is where my problem came in. <laughs> well, yeah. All right, I can explain it, but go ahead, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> because the first test, the first test to join this federation is they must be able to press one ton over their head. <laughs> That's right. Now, in theory, these are pro wrestlers from all the different regional territories. Um. I looked it up just out of curiosity. <laughs> the The world record is less than a quarter of a ton for a press. Yeah. And multiple guys have no problems with this. And as we'll get to later, a couple of these guys, including the thing, lift like six tons. Yeah. Well, so it, I'll let you the, explain. Uh, in the Marvel uh, Universe handbook and all that, the thing is usually credited with being strong enough to lift 75 tons, right, Michael? Okay. I, think I so. thought it was 80 or 85, but yeah, whatever, right, around well, there. Well, he may have gotten stronger over the years. But, uh, yeah, so we expect him to do that. But, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the fact that a normal human could go up there and press 2,000 pounds, that seems questionable. But here's the thing, Bob. What we don't know yet as readers is uh, these people are all superhuman because they've been getting fed, uh, like, super steroids from the power broker the, the all the people at the trials uh, have or just the people that he's decided to put in his federation yeah, is that, this whole thing a scam? i think it's i think it's everyone in there has been augmented but to, not all of them are up to the same strength like maybe there's some like there are some normal people there because some people couldn't do it you know they couldn't lift uh-huh. it pounds. but the ones that could those are all the augmented folks and uh yeah the power broker is giving them super oh, serum kind of shit. okay so, we don't learn that, though, for a few issues yet. No, because it doesn't make any sense right now. Yeah, I but was also right. like, what if, the if fuck they, is If happening? they reveal that later, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I've got to tell you, um, there is a guide to the, the strength of different Marvel characters written by Mark Grenwald. This is before the Marvel Universe handbook came out. And according to this, just to give you the top six, it goes Hulk, Thor, Hercules, Wonder Man, Iron what? Man, and then the thing. Wonder Man? Can you believe it? Yeah. When did that come <laughs> out? This is like 83-ish, 82. When I was a kid, I've mentioned this on the show before, but I had that role, that role-playing that role game with the dice for the Marvel, you know? Okay. And uh, like Dungeons & Dragons, but with Marvel, basically. Yeah. And they had a book where they would rank everyone's stats and everything, and they would say, and I swear uh, the thing had monstrous strength, which was 75 tons. Well... Well, sure, but he's no Wonder Man. Yeah, yeah and I, I thought Wonder Man had amazing, would have been 50. But, man, maybe I, I'm, I'm remembering this incorrectly. Well, this is also, this is, sorry, this is 81, and I think that within a couple years they changed it and made the thing stronger. Because I remember the thing being stronger than Iron Man 2 and, and Wonder Man. Yeah. Um, so. Because I remember the Hulk being the, the strongest. He was like unearthly strength or something over 100 tons. Right. Uh, but um, I think Colossus and the thing were similar. But. Well, and this, the thing is, or sorry, Colossus is below Silver Surfer and above Ghost Rider. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll send this to you, yeah. Yeah. It's... And Micah, we, we've still never done an issue of the Marvel Handbook or whatever, uh, you know? Yeah, well, you know, be careful what you wish for, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
anyway. Right, but anyway, so the thing's pressing all these metal plates above his head. And uh, yes. he's, he's like lifting them all. And then uh, there's only one guy left, and it's Demolition Dumpy. Right. Yeah, well, there was another guy, and then there was a thing, and then Demolition Dumpy comes in. Right. And he manages to lift just as much as the thing, all of them. Like, you see, yeah. like... 15 of these things all stacked up or whatever. And Demolition Dumphy manages to do it as well, right? And we should say Demolition Dumphy has a wicked uh, mohawk. He's right. A, he does right. indeed. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. So then, uh, what's his name? Ed Garner. And uh, he's like, not so fast. The testing's not complete. I'll need your signatures on these waivers before we can go on to the next step. And they simply say that the UCWF is not legally responsible for your health from here on in. So then in the no next No waivers scene, for lifting a ton of weight over <laughs> right, your head. Right, right, right. But waivers for this upcoming very dangerous test. Right. Yeah, so the next test is basically the thing standing in the middle of a wrestling ring with all like 10 other guys around him. And they all just try to beat the shit out of him. But, you know, bonk, boof, wham, they all punch him, but they're completely ineffective. Crack, pow, womb, conk, thoom. One guy says he breaks his hand, but the thing is just standing there completely unaffected, right? But then Demolition Dumphy comes up and punches him right in the stomach, Houdini style, and the thing does wince, right? Yeah, he feels it. Right. He's like, uh, only, he's like... Oh, yeah, so then Ed, Ed Garner says, keep it going, boys, only three minutes to go. And the thing is thinking in his head, only, he says, huh, where'd they get all these guys in my league? Got to keep cool all the same. So that's when Demolition Dumphy punches him. And then down on the the ringside, Ed Garner's like, nice shot, Dumphy, nice. And then, uh, oh, yeah, and then he's like, why are you standing here? He looks over at Vince Astor and he's like, uh, I'm the thing's manager. Yeah, that's it, his manager. So then. Um, yeah, it's Jimmy Hart. It's going to be the yeah, exactly uh, right. <laughs> so then, uh, so then the, that time's up. So the the contest is over, and then the, the guys were they basically have this shot of all the guys that are remaining. So There's then twelve Edgar, remaining, right? And I want to direct everyone's attention to the fellow <laughs> on the far right. right of course right. you would. <laughs> he is wee well, tiny. Well, clearly the artist just ran out of room. Like, why couldn't he just draw him in the back or something? Yeah, it's kind of weird. No, any good federation in the 80s would have had a little person. and would have had multiple, but, you know. But what is terrifying is to to even qualify for the federation. That little guy had to press at least 2,000 tons. You know, or or 2,000 pounds. That's true. One ton, 2,000 pounds. But good Lord, what a powerful little fella. Yep. Look out for him. So then, um, so then Ed Garner announces the star match that's going to be opening the whole, you know, federation. It's going to be Demolition Dumphy versus The Thing. So then he, he shoes everyone out of the room. And he's like, wait, hang on, Dumphy. I'd like to make a small proposal to you alone. And he basically tells him he wants to pay him to throw the fight. Okay? So this <laughs> no. is like a... Yeah, I was going to say, Bob, like, do you think that at this point in 1985, Mike Carlin thought professional wrestling was real? (laughs) I I want it to be true. I want him to be like, yeah, I'm going to write a wrestling thing, and it's going to be so dirty, this league. (laughs) The promoter's going to be paying him to to throw fights. It's going to be great. I mean, even when you're a little kid, you're watching wrestling, you want to believe, but you you know it's not real. I mean, you know it's not real. Yeah, I mean... When I was, you know, five or six, I'm sure I believed it real, but 
Yeah. By the time I was, if I'd have been reading this comic book, I feel like I would have known. Yeah, well, K- uh, kayfabe was alive and well, man. Eighty-five. True, it was working. Can I tell you guys that when I found out wrestling was fake, it was as traumatic as finding out <laughs> Santa Claus was fake. Okay. But when did you find that out? Like you, like ten? Uh, I would have been twenty-seven. I think. <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't know. Like, it would have been like, yeah, I was like ten, ten years old around there. I guess though, Bob, theoretically, I think uh, Vince McMahon didn't come out and say that it was all fake and sports entertainment until the 90s, though, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I guess, you know, as I think back on it, uh, I was nine years old when the Rockers broke up, and (laughs) I hated Shawn Michaels for years for it. Right through the barbershop window. Exactly. (laughs) So I guess at nine, I didn't fully understand that it was fake because I hated Shawn Michaels. Like how dare he break up the Rockers? I mean, I, I mean, I was way into it when I was like eight, nine, and ten and stuff. But I still realized that you couldn't really punch someone that many times without actually hurting them. Yeah, I think I, I think I maybe knew that like some of the fighting wasn't real, but like he, he kicked, he kicked Marty Jannetty through that window. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. He yeah. really did that. Yeah. Well, but also once you realize it's fake, it didn't really hurt your enjoyment. I still ah. was. Oh, oh no! So it, excited to watch I, every match, you know. I yeah. liked it much more once I knew it was fake. Right. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a very old man. I watch it like hours a week. I went because <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> um. So anyway, um, I did tell you I, I have a friend now who's an announcer for uh, Impact Wrestling and Border City Wrestling, right? I, I think you did mention this, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I mentioned because he was roommates with uh, Cat Power. That's right. Yeah, Cat Power. Yeah, anyway. One of my favorite guests ever on the LCS Hockey Show who uh, refuses to talk to us now. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there. Believe it. Anyway. Okay. So, so this is, this is what we call the twist, kind of a twist. So Ed Garner offers to pay Demolition Dunphy to throw the match. Okay. But then. Yeah. Because he wants the thing to win because that's his marquee attraction. He can't have the the big marquee guy lose right away. So this is the thing. Well, I I got to stop using that expression. Yeah. Here is the sitch. Vance Astro... Stop using that expression as well. (laughs) Yeah, please banish that one. So Vance Astro is listening through the window, I guess. But when I first saw this panel, I thought he was like listening like through like a seal, like a a roof. It's kind of an odd panel, right? Like, does that, is that a window? What is that? Yeah, it's a giant window. A giant window. It does look weird, yeah. It's poorly drawn. Let's put it that way. So then, so Vance Astro hears this. He's like, I simply cannot have a former member of the Fantastic Four go down on opening night. The public likes him too much. So then Vance Astro hears, and at first he's not going to tell the thing because he's like, if I tell Ben what I just heard, he'll flip and end up quitting again. He can't go on quitting all the time. I better keep my mouth shut. But then the thing is like, what's wrong with you, kid? So he realizes something's on his mind, right? He's like, Vance. And he's like, well. Then we cut back to inside. And uh, Demolition Dumphy's like, keep your bread, Garner. I still ain't convinced about doing this. But then just at that moment, who walks in but the thing? So the thing is like, if what I just heard is true, I'm about to start wrestling right now, using your head as the bell. What's this about you fixing the match? So then um, Demolition Dumphy's like, all right, so, all right, thing, Garner knew you wouldn't go for this. So now that you know, I get to kick your butt all the way back to New York. I just wonder if they could have just cut this whole part out, you know, but whatever. So then, uh, you guys still there? Yeah, here's my favorite part, though, of the entire book. Because Thing is in the office confronting Garner, Uh and uh, and Garner wants to give the Thing money to maybe, you know, 
cool things out. And he says, no, forget it. I'm walking. And uh, right. then we see Vance Astro standing outside the office on the other <laughs> yeah, side of the right, window. exactly. <laughs> with his arms folded, looking like a disappointed father, screaming <laughs> at the thing. You walk now, and this will be the third time you quit something in the past few months. And he yells it through the window. And then we see the thing on the other side of the window now, and he's thinking about it. Yeah, I can't. Why, why didn't Vance just follow him into the office? Why exactly. is he standing Outside. Right, because then you wouldn't have these two cool panels of them looking through amazing. the windows. Oh, it's rough. And then uh, let's talk about art. Awesome. Look at the next panel of Demolition Dumpy. Like, is his foot like in the thing's pants? You don't even. <laughs> yeah, know. the perspective there is a little off on the vanishing points, but uh, you know what really? can you do? Really <laughs> bad. I mean, you can't redraw the panel. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once it's there, it's there. There's nothing you can do. Yep. So yeah. And and the way it's drawn when I first. Read it. I thought they were in the ring, and then the next yeah. panel he's walking out of the room. It's like, oh no! Right. I guess that's just the room with black walls. Yes, yes. Yeah. But a very well lit floor. Right, 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 <laughs> right. And then, of course, Ed Garner assures the thing. He's like, "I'm not a corrupt evil man, but my federation just has to work." I was just concerned. That's all. So then we cut to the actual. And by the way, I got to point out, I was really worried that we were not going to see the match that we get a cliffhanger. Oh, oh so I was we see so a match. grateful. Yeah, oh, we yeah. got to get the whole story in one issue, right? Yeah. So then we cut to the actual match, and we see a sold-out, you know, arena, and they announce the thing, uh, and they announce, uh, oh yeah, so the thing weighs five hundred pounds, and Demolition Dumpy is three hundred ninety-six pounds, which is actually pretty damn heavy. Yeah. Well, he's way um, taller than the thing, too. Yeah, right? I, I didn't, he's got like, a good foot and a half on him. Yeah, that's kind of weird. You know what's funny? I also got to point out, I believe in the 60s, the thing was never drawn to be more than average height, from what I remember. Like, I yeah. think he was specifically based on Kirby, so I think he was like, you know, five foot seven or something. Yeah, I so. always uh, thought he was like an average, but now in more modern era, Mike, you know, like, he's enormous, though, right? Right, right, like, right. They usually right, draw right. him like huge. Yeah. Right, like the Hulk or something. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, they ring the bell, they start wrestling, and the first thing the thing does is throw Demolition Dumpy against the ropes. But all of a sudden, the wrestling ring looks like it's 50 feet long, right? <laughs> kind of ridiculous, but whatever. Artistic license. <laughs> so then Demolition Dumpy bounces off the titanium ropes, titanium cables, sorry, and then bounces back and then hits uh, the thing with... A maneuver that would make Captain Kirk jealous, right? He, it's a double axe handle. Yeah, it's it's a top. double axe handle. There get you it, go. Come on, Mike. Get it together. Uh, no, I don't know all these terms like you guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then the thing gives him a, I believe that's called an uppercut, right? Yeah. yeah that's what there I'm you saying. go. See, there you go. Boof. <laughs> and then the thing, what does he do? Leapfrogs over him? I don't even know well, what he's doing Well, he's going to jump and give him the old Finn Balor uh, coup de gras, that two-footed stomp. <laughs> okay. Doesn't quite happen. He ends up landing in the... In the the middle of the ring and like smash, it looks like he's smashing through it. Yeah, he puts a hole right in the ring there. Right, and then uh, and then demolition Dumpy kind of like flips over him and gives him like a chokehold, right? Yeah. But then sleeper the thing, yeah. what is it? What's that? Well, sleeper it looks hold. like he's going for a sleeper hold. Yeah. And then the thing, but the thing grabs him, like flips him over, and then uh, again the ring suddenly looks like it's gigantic because he's like fifty feet away. <laughs> And then uh, he th- so he throws Demolition Dumpy, Demolition Dumpy gets back up, and then they're running towards each other, and they kind of punch each other, crack, coom, and then they both bounce against the uh, cables, <laughs> and then snap back towards each other and smash into each other, ba-doom. And then it looks like Demolition Dumpy gets knocked out, and then the announcer comes in, the winner and new champion, 
the thing. <laughs> and it's funny because we, what, we, uh, in, a, in a scene that we could have seen drawn by the artist, but, you know, God forbid that, we have to explain it in the text. <laughs> it says, slowly, Demolition Dumphy rises and Ben offers his hand and the UCWF is supplied with its first moment. The crowd cheers wildly as the UCWF is welcomed into the hearts of sports fans across America. Ben Grimm welcomes the cheers into his own heart. There it is. All that over yeah. a picture that's almost stick figures of them standing right, in the exactly. ring. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. That's the end. I, uh, I want to point out, though, Michael, during the match, uh, the thing gets pissed when uh, Dumphy makes a little crack there. He, he says something like, uh, Now, smile for the customers that paid to see the guy they kicked out of the Fantastic Four. Oh, he's, he's that's a oh. dig, you know, digging Ooh, deep. Cutting him yeah. deep. So the thing got mad. Um, so Bob, this uh, wrestling match, this is pretty. Uh, this could easily main evented WrestleMania. This uh, um, in this era, this absolutely could have <laughs> main evented WrestleMania. This is this is what Vince loves. How about those? As, uh, as Mike Dell would say, two meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> yeah, two meaty <laughs> men slapping meat. That's what we like to see, Michael. But what about uh, those? Uh, that, that dynamic rope work during the match, <laughs> they, the way they throw each other into the ropes. Oh, <laughs> uh, this was dynamite. Yeah. I, this. I also want to point out that the uh, letters page for the thing comic book, it's called Grim Tidings. That's pretty good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Grim Tidings. Did you read the letters? I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought you would, but I didn't. No. So there it is, uh, Thing Issue 28. The Thing is now a professional wrestler. This was everything I had hoped and was so much more. This was awesome. Uh, <laughs> hmm. This, this book was amazing. <laughs> it was... like, it's like some sort of a weird fever dream. The Thing starts out as a uh, motorcycle <laughs> stunt driver, and he ends up a professional wrestler. It's amazing. I love this. The, the one thing I'll definitely say is it, it reminds me how fast moving these 80s stories were, right? Like like you said, <laughs> in the space of one issue, he completely changes careers and becomes like a champion in one issue. <laughs> That's right. It's He's great. He's a champion too. Yeah. That they, is, get, they gave him a big push. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right out They strapped the rocket to him. <laughs> so, uh, Bob, what do you think here about the thing issue 28? Will you want to read more thing after this? I certainly I, I, do. I, think I, I am a little bit intrigued because I want to know where this story goes. <laughs> like, it's it's definitely different than most comics, and so I appreciate that. It's fret. It's like you know, nobody else is going from like you said from motorcycle team to a wrestling federation, and then I guess having the power broker come in injecting them with whatever he's doing. Yeah, right. I, I almost uh, picked issue twenty nine. And I think, Bob, you looked ahead as well. And in this issue, Michael, he, he wrestles another guy, and his name's Gator. And during the match, Gator turns into an actual alligator. Whoa, that's a surprise. Yeah. So in the middle of the match, uh, the he's, Thing is now wrestling an alligator. He leaves the arena with the alligator, drives him to the swamp, drops him off in the swamp, returns to the ring, and is declared the victor. <laughs> I feel like there definitely should have been a double count out there. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Clearly a ten count. But no, he goes out and yeah, he comes back. So yeah, this this book just seems batshit crazy. Yeah. Unfortunately, while I was reading ahead, I'm quite sure I saw the Beyonder in a stupid perm and uh. that turned me off. <laughs> Secret Wars too. Yeah, the Beyond Yikes. Beyonder's back with a perm. 
Bob, is there anything we missed in this issue? Uh, how would you feel about the art there, Ron Wilson? Now, Ron Wilson did the breakdowns, and yeah. uh, usually when they make that distinction, uh, you know, he was just doing the layouts, and then Brett Breeding did the uh, finishes and the inking. So, um, yeah. Yeah, most of the panels I didn't think were that great. Some yeah. of it, like the a bit of the motorcycle stuff and some of the actual wrestling, like that's cool. There's some cool dynamic stuff in there, but for the most part, it was pretty boring and just <laughs> very, very. I would, I guess, boilerplate. You could call it. It's very standard comic book fare. Yeah, I would say it is pretty. Nothing extraordinary here going on with the art. Uh, I like the way Wilson draws the thing. Um, he, yeah, he I really, mean the thing looks good. I'll, I'll give him that. He really gives him that pronounced brow. You know. Oh very, yeah, for sure. Like that brow hangs. A yeah. couple inches off his face in some shots. Yeah, it's quite the overhang there. Uh, Mike, how would you feel about it? I think the art was pretty terrible, to be honest. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I, think, I, mean, like I think Ron horrible. Wilson is a good artist, but clearly, yeah, like, not only did he only do breakdowns, but there was this was a, a, a rush job, I think. Like, we pointed out a few very confusing panels, including, you know, the double bed. Were they sleeping together? <laughs> were they not? And then, like, the fact that, you know, Bob, you thought they were in a wrestling ring, and then, like, the window thing. Like, there's just a lot of really rushed panels, I think. And so, yeah, I think the there art are, oh, is sorry. bad. Go ahead. Yeah, there are n- almost no backgrounds in this right. whole book. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Definitely there's rushed. A, there's an awesome panel, though, of Vance Astro standing outside a window. Yeah. Looking <laughs> disappointed <laughs> in the thing. That is so, so great. Bad. I See, love it so much. That is why that's one thing I love about eighties comics is because like this kind of pandemonium craziness could never happen in a, ma- a modern comic. You know, <laughs> yeah. they take themselves too seriously. Like the writing here is ridiculous, but it's uh, ridiculously awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I, it's definitely fun. I'll give you that. So yeah, I'm a big fan of this actually. <laughs> uh, <sighs> anything else you'd like to mention, Mike? Uh, uh, only that it's fun enough that I would want to read more. Definitely fun. Yeah, I hear. So I'm I'm giving it a seven out of ten. That's what Ooh. I'm saying. Seven out of ten. It's very. I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, Bob, what do you think? I'm I'm somewhere between a five and a six. Like yeah. it's bad, yeah. but it's fun bad. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a seven on like a terrible book scale but yeah, yeah if, like yeah if you go in knowing that this is bad but it's entertaining bad then yeah that that's where it's at yep michael yeah i'll i'll, I'll give it a 5.5 because it is very average but it's also very entertaining so i'll give it that extra half you know point I, I had to give it the extra point and a half because of that Vance Astro standing outside the window. Okay. <laughs> that is one of my favorite panels ever. That's so great. So, uh, so Bob, how, uh, what else is going on, Bob? Have uh, you been reading any other comic books? Uh, yeah, uh, this week after seeing Doctor Strange, I've been Ooh. I jumped right back into Doctor Strange. I've been wanting to do it, and that was the spark that got me back in. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, if, if memory serves, didn't you pick the Doctor Strange issue we did here on the show with Frank Bruner as the artist? Yeah. yeah, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan, so I'd, I'd, I'd taken a little break for a while, but yeah, I jumped back in basically right after Steve Englehart left the book. That's where I picked back up again, because uh-huh. I, assume, I assume Mike Dell's seen it, but Mike Dell doesn't leave the house, but yeah, I don't that new that. Doctor Strange movie, it's pretty great. Uh, it's pretty, yeah. It's definitely something different. I like Sam Raimi, so oh. yeah. It's it's Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange. It's right. It's I mean, 
it's not for everybody, but it was for me, and I loved it. Right. Oh, like, he, he brought hear. in, you know, all of his horror and comedy and fast-paced shooting and editing and, you know, all that stuff. Good fun. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. don't want to give spoilers or anything, but... Uh, no, no. Does Alf no. show up? Um, close. I, I can't comment on yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I'd like that. That's a multiverse I want to be a part of. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, well, Bob, thank you very much for joining us again with for the thing. Um, you know, we'll get you back on here anytime you want. It's always tough scheduling guests because uh, we always got to plan ahead, like a week ahead, and then I'm yeah. very forgetful and lazy. So I, I always that. forget to book a guest. But just let me know anytime you want to come on, and we'll work it out, Bob. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm generally pretty open, so. I also got to point out, Bob, this is your ninth appearance, so the next oh. one's going to be appearance number 10. Yeah, we've got to get me back. Big Maybe one, soon. yeah. Yeah, all right. I know uh, I did mention uh, Brother Voodoo, right, Bob? And I seem to recall you liking the Brother Voodoo. Oh, maybe. yeah, I would definitely be down to come read some Brother Voodoo. All right, we'll bring you on for Brother Voodoo whenever we do that. Should be coming up soon. So. All right. All right, Michael. Now this is the part of the show I dread. <laughs> uh, that's because you got no heart. Next week, <laughs> to commemorate the untimely death of an industry legend, George Ooh. Perez. Aww. Oh, I thought, you were go- going in, I thought you were going in a different direction with that. Nope. <clears throat> we're going to review one of my favorite comics illustrated by George Perez, and that's History of the DC Universe, book two. <laughs> yeah! Hey, Bob, you want to do the show next week instead of me? Just come on in. <laughs> how, many, how many pages is this one, Michael? This one's uh, larger than average, definitely larger than average, and also have you know, it's not a normal comic book. It is text and illustrations. Yeah, I'm pretty so sure I'm busy call, next week, guys. This is what we call a wild card, folks. This is going to be something different, okay? Uh, sure. Very different. Um, Mike, I thought that we also recently lost uh, Neil Adams, right? Yes, we did. Well, maybe we'll slot him in on a different week, but uh, yeah. you're also welcome to pick one, a Neil Adams book if you want. Yeah, that's where I thought you were going when you gave us that intro, but, uh... All right, so what, what's this called again? The History of the DC History Universe? History of the DC Universe, book two. When did book this come out? Of, this came out in 1986 or 7. Post-crisis. 86, yep, post-crisis. This is the definitive history of the DC Universe that was altered uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, anyway. which definitive history? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been altered six times since then. <laughs> This is so, a book. This yeah, is not so a these comic histories book. they're this giving are these book. post-crisis histories. Like, is this yes. the actual book that revamped everything? No, it's 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 a summary of the revamps that had already kind of been established. Okay. Like within like within months of when they were written, so it's still a little bit vague. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, well, I'm really looking forward to this one. Oh Thanks, yeah, trust Thanks me, you won't regret it. Anyway. All right, so yeah, we want to thank Bob for joining us, and you can hear every episode of Flea Market Fantasy at www.comicbooksyndicate.com. Each week, we review a different Bronze Age comic that's 1970s, 1980s comics. One week, I pick. One week, Mike Dell picks. Sometimes our guests pick, if Mike Dell lets them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, be sure to join us every week, and until next Tuesday, disperse! Hey, it's me, your Uncle Cooper. Sorry to interrupt your music. I do love music, especially when it's set at a reasonable volume. You know, music is really only as good as your speakers. The same is true for minivans. A minivan is only as good as the tires it sits on. And the button on the screen there, it agrees with me. 
If you click on it, it'll bring you to all the Cooper minivan tires that'll make your minivan a really good minivan. Go with the Coopers! Cooper! How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback.